0: That has always been a favorite of mine, Buell, and thank you, Choir and David, uh, special song. Um, if you would today, this is going to be one of them days. So get your bulletins out, a piece of paper, whatever. I'm going to give you about a million verses today. And we can't look at all of them, but I wanted to, to do this. I felt the Lord had laid this on my heart to just clear up some things, but I'm there will be a lot of scripture that I'll give you. I'll read some of it. Some of them and I'll just refer to it, but it's going to be your homework assignment for about the next two weeks. It'll probably take you that long to go through them all and study them all. But uh, I hope this will be helpful to you. Uh, as I prayed about this, and asked the Lord, what would you have me do? And be quite honest with you, I I'd, I'd argued with him a little bit about it. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I, you sure? Uh, so it's one of them. But but I, I hope it'll be an encouragement to you to know what you believe. I think that's a a lot of problem today. Uh, There's been several books written, you know, what do we believe and what do we do after salvation to help people to understand what the scriptures are about and, and all those kind of things. But I want to ask you today, do you know what you believe? Now, you know what you've been told, by the preacher and the Sunday school teacher and and what you've heard. But if somebody was to come up to and ask you, why do you believe what you believe? What would your answer be? Can you give them scripture and verse? Would you even go to scripture and verse? Oh, it just, it feels good to me. Hmm. Don't know that that's a really good answer. Uh, Clint, you know, I I love Clint. He's my son-in-law, but he he corrects me a lot. Clint is, uh, and it's not a bad thing. I enjoy it. I don't mind being corrected in a positive way, as long as you're nice and you say I'm sorry afterwards. (laughs) No. Uh, But he, he is a very analytical type person. He was saved in his late teens, so, he understands what it's like for someone to say, uh, you're a sinner and you need to be saved. Well, to most of all of us, we know exactly what that means, right? But to a lot of the people out there today, they don't have a clue. Okay, first let's talk about what's a sinner. What is a, this a sinner you're talking about? And what is saved? Saved from what? There See, they have not a clue. And and I sort of take it for granted because I cut the teeth on the back of a pew. Well, Clinton understands that there's a lot of people, and maybe a lot of you do understand that there's a lot of terms in Scripture. There's several studies out there that say this generation, uh, I forget the percentage, but it's over 50% never heard of Jesus Christ. So a lot of things we take for granted And people would ask us, and and we don't really have an answer. I think it's very important for us to study the Scriptures. This is what I want to drive home. I tell you that every week. We need to study the Scriptures. We need to study. And you say, all right, that's what a preacher is supposed to tell me. Well, we tell you that for a good reason. And we'll talk about some of that today. So if you'll turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22, we're just going to look at verse 29 to start with. Matthew 22, verse 29. And Jesus said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. Fathers, we study your word this morning. I pray that you would reveal all truth to us. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Lord, let not just be the words I say, but the words that you have for us today to reveal to us the truth, Lord, that we wouldn't have an answer to them who would ask. Lord, uh, that we could have our assurance of our salvation, the assurance of a resurrection, assurance of the Lord one day that we'll be with you in heaven. Lord, be with us as we go through this study this morning, this lead and guide in everything that we say and do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You do err not knowing the Scriptures. Now, he was talking to the Pharisees, and that particular subject they were asking, and then trying to trick Jesus. And said, so when you get to heaven, uh, you, you well, he said, here on earth you have a man and a woman that's married. Well, he passes away. And then, the, you know, the custom that day, the brother of the, the husband would marry the wife and would take care of her the rest of her days. And that was a part of the law. Well, the Pharisees came to him and said, "Hey, when we get to heaven, whose wife will she be—the the the brother or the other brother? Which one's he going to be in heaven?" And this was Jesus' response. He said, "You do err, not knowing the Scriptures." He said, in heaven, we neither marry or are given in marriage. Now, we will know, the Bible says, I'll know Robin as if she was my wife. But in heaven, she's not going to be my wife. I'm going to be a wife. Amen. Hello, y'all. I know that's a little strange. I'm not going to the other side. That's what the Bible teaches us. We are the bride of Christ. And we'll all be one family as we talked about last week under the headship, lordship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he said, you do err not knowing the scriptures. If you'd have known the scriptures, you'd know nobody's going to be nobody's wife in heaven. Nobody's going to be nobody. Is that good English? Well, not really, Miss Tony. I'm sorry. I'm not very good English. I failed that class. But anyway, let's. Uh, so you don't know the scriptures, and I wanted you to understand that today. It's so important for you to understand, and especially, now look at this, and f- turn your Bible to 2 Timothy, or just write it down, uh, chapter 4. This is why knowing the scriptures and worrying about being on the side of error is so important. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Paul is is giving Timothy last minute instructions before he, he knows that his ministry on earth is about to come to an end. And he's telling this young preacher, Timothy, for the time will come when they, the church, the believers, will, people will not endure sound doctrine. We believe that today. You just check out, just walk around and ask some people out there. There are so many crazy ideas and ideologies today that, oh, if it feels good, if it's what you want to believe, it's okay. Well, we talked about that before, but they won't endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap up to themselves teachers having itchy ears. What's that saying? I think a lot of times churches when they go to look for a pastor, they look for some that can tickle their ears. Make them give the warm and fuzzies and feel good. Doesn't he just make you feel good? I think he needs to be our preacher. Hogslot. Does he preach the word of God? Does he teach you sound doctrine? That's what your preacher needs to be. Not one to make you feel good about yourself. Right. Not one that will just tell you what you want to hear so you feel like you're OK for eternity. You need a preacher that will teach the truth. So this is what they do. They, they want these preachers that will tell them good things and make them feel good with their itchy ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, Paul tells Timothy, and shall be turned unto fables. Now, the end times, I believe with all my heart we are in the end times. It is now more important than ever that we understand and we know what we believe And don't base it on what I say. I mean, we all know that I try my best to be doctrinally sound, to study this, to teach you, and I I believe I do except for when I mix up Abraham and Adam. (laughs) I don't know why I do that. Have any of you else ever caught that? Clint told me that and then I went back and listened to my message and I sure did. I called Adam Abraham. I hope you all are better than understanding what I, read my mind, not my lips, okay? But we can, we can all make a mistake or we all can get things twisted up. That's why it's so important. I, I have told you all before that I'm not the only one the Holy Spirit talks to here. I'm not the only one that's responsible for your understanding of Scriptures. Yes, it's my duty. It's my job to teach you. But ultimately it is your responsibility to know the Scriptures and know that you will alone, you won't be able to hold my hand and I am not going to represent you at the great white throne ju- or at the judgment seat of Christ. Excuse me. I hope none of us are at the great white throne judgment. But at the judgment seat of Christ when we give an account to what we have done I am not going to be your advocate to, when He asks you why didn't you know the Scriptures. I've got to answer for myself. You're going to have to answer for yourself. So now more than ever in these times when we see all these other doctrines and all these things coming up, there's one I'm studying right now that I pray and hope the Lord will let me teach. It'll probably be a series. It's it's a big one. I've been working on it for over a year, uh, back and forth, and, and I understand what I believe. I understand what the Scripture says, but now I'm trying to understand what they say so I know how to, Answer those questions. So one day we'll get into that. But for today, I want to talk to you about this one. First Timothy 4.1, just write this down. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Uh, this is Paul uh, encouraging and giving Timothy instruction again that in these last days they'll give heed to the seducing spirit. People who they think may be God, but it's not God at all. You know, Satan comes as an angel of light. That's why we say it's so important that you are praying and sure that you're led by the Holy Spirit. And whatever you believe, whatever you see, is based on this. And you can't take just one or two verses in the New Testament and say, that's what the doctrine says. It's got to fit the whole Bible. You understand that? In context, in the whole Bible. If it just says it in one place, I would be leery of it. If it's got the Bible reassures itself from Genesis to Revelation. So be careful. And and this is why I want to do this. I want you to understand how to study, how to look at something and identify it as a false doctrine. So we're going to look at one in particular. Uh, Let me read uh, 1 Timothy 4 2. He talks about the doctrine of devils. They speak lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul is warning the Corinthians. And the believers not to be enticed by the doctrines that are not of God. There are many out there today that have nothing to do with what God's Word says. They're made up by men that make them feel good. And and, and things that men come up with. Uh, He tells us that the Spirit will reveal the truths of God in, in 1 Corinthians 2. So now, you can turn to this one. Go to Jude chapter 14. or not Jude chapter 14, Jude verse 14. If you're wondering what chapter, just go to the book of Jude. There's only one. one. (laughs) There you go. Jude verse 14. We're going to look at this passage of Scripture because there is a lot of, I believe, heresies. There's a lot of false teaching that come just from this one passage of Scripture. It says, and Antioch, and Enoch, excuse me, also the seventh from A- Adam prophesied of these sayings Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Now that Jude is talking about the end times and the judgment to come and all the rest, but I don't want you to focus in on and Enoch, also the seventh generation from Adam prophesied. Well, who was Enoch? Well, we know he was the seventh generation from Adam, right? So he was Noah's great-grandfather. If you look up the genealogies in Genesis chapter 5, we understand that he is Noah's great-grandfather. Okay? Um, And Enoch is the one who walked with God and was no more. Do you remember that part? Enoch walked with God, it says in Genesis 5.24, and Enoch walked with God and was not, for the Lord took him. Uh, Many believe, Bible scholars and myself also, believe that in the end times, in the tribulation, you know there's two witnesses that will come back and preach the good news of the Gospel. I believe one will be Enoch, and one will be Elijah. A lot of people think Moses and Elijah. But I think it will be Enoch and Elijah. They are the only two in Scripture. That's why it's good to study your Scripture. You'll know this. The only two men in Scripture that were ever recorded as never dying. Enoch walked with God and was no more. God just took him to heaven. He was a righteous man. He was righteous in the eyes of God. He believed in God and what he said. And Elijah, you remember, he went up to heaven in the fiery chariot and Elisha watched him. So they both never saw death. The Bible also teaches it is appointed unto man. In Hebrews, it is appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment. These two never died. Okay? So you all men, it is de- designed, designated by God that all of us would die at some point, except for the ones that are going into rapture. Okay? So that's why we believe that they will come back during the tribulation and they will die during the tribulation. They will be martyred in the tribulation. 144,000 men uh, plus multitudes of others will be saved because of their preaching. But they believe it will be Enoch and Elijah. Now Enoch, Uh, as Jude is talking about, this is about all we know about Enoch. Okay? Uh, What we read in in, uh, Revelation 11 about the two that come and are are witnesses. Um, So it appears that that Jude is quoting from uh, something that Enoch wrote or whatever. So here's where it gets tricky. This is the part I want you to look at. Anybody ever heard of the book of Enoch? Hey, well, there's a big thing going on right about the book of Enoch. You know why? Because it talks about the end times. If you ever want a house full of people, tell them you're going to preach about the tribulation and the end times. Everybody wants to know, and people flock in. They want to know the prophecies, what's going to happen, what's going on. Every time I've ever preached about end times or taught about it, you have a good crowd. The only time I have a bigger crowd is when we want to feed them to. All right? So they have a big crowd. It's about end times. And a lot of people say the book of Enoch is about end times. And, if, and I'll be honest with you, I've read a bunch of it, the book. I haven't read the whole thing, but I've read a bunch of it. And it's pretty wow. You know, it's got some things that, and people say, well, you know, the book of Enoch is just so good because there's things in scripture that we don't get much detail, especially about angels and especially about the end times and especially about the giants who came. Remember back in Noah's day, the giants who came or the fallen angels who came and slept with the women of men and they had giants? Enoch explains all of that in his book. And so you're saying, wow, I may want to go get a copy of the book of Enoch. Well, it tells you all kinds of, it is, it's intriguing. That's how I got into it. I thought, wow, what is this book of Enoch? I want to understand it more. Well, let's talk about the book of Enoch. I think i got time. I'll, I'll run through this. I'll give you some references as to why I do not believe that the, so you wonder why the book of Enoch is not in the Bible. Why didn't they put it in there? If Enoch was a righteous man, he walked with God and was no more. Jude obviously refers to him. Why is his book not in the Bible? Well, the ones that put the Bible together, and in particular the Holy Spirit, God said it ain't part of it. It's not inspired by God. And the more you read the book of Enoch, the more you understand that, the more you see it. But I would tell you if you are going to read it, be sure you are up on what God says. Because I can see how people can get deceived by it. And some of you have read the book of any, can think something that's great. And you may be a little mad at me right now, but just hold your horses. Let's look at some of what it says. That's what I said. Anything you hear, any scripture, or any, any doctrine that you hear, or study that you hear, or book, if it doesn't go along with this, throw it away. Disregard it. It may be an okay history book. It may be okay for entertaining reading, but it's not something you should base your belief of your foundation on, the foundation of your faith on. Let me give you some points. Enoch chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. And I'll just read some of it to you so you can see how it reads. He is... um, talking about judgment and all the rest and he says because of this you will curse your days and the years of your life you will destroy and the eternal curse will increase and you will not receive mercy sounds like judgment right in those days you will transform your name into eternal curse to all the righteous uh oh are we the righteous? He's saying in the last days my name will be in a, a part of an eternal curse. For the chosen there will be light and joy and the peace. And there will they will inherit the earth. Inherit the earth? I don't know about you, but I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to inherit the earth. The earth will be brought, uh, done away with. But for you, the impromptu, there will be a curse. What he's saying here for the sinner, there is no hope of salvation. That's what he's saying in in Enoch, the book of Enoch chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. If you're a sinner, there is no hope for you. You are eternally cursed. There is no salvation for you. Any red flags yet? What does the Bible say about that? Romans 3.23 says, he agrees with any, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? But what does Romans 6.23 say? For the wages of sin, we've all sinned and come short of God's glory. And the wages, the payment for that sin is death. Sounds like it's going along with any, right? But you forgot the divine but as they said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The book of Enoch doesn't take in account the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. They just say if you are a sinner there is no hope for salvation. I got to move on. That is just one point. You can read it. Enoch 39. one. It will come and pass in those days, the chosen, and the holy children will come down from the high heavens. In other words, the saints, the the Christians in heaven will come down from heaven. Okay, yeah, we're going to come with them one day. But look what it says. And their offspring will become one with the sons of men. Huh. What means we're going to marry and have children? We're gonna come down. Did y'all know that? We're gonna come down from heaven and and marry sons of men, daughters of men, and we're gonna have children. No, 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 no. The saints in heaven. That's what he's teaching here. They'll come down to earth and marry. I read you the verse from before it. And Jesus said, "That you do err not knowing the scriptures. For in the resurrection, resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage." are as of the angels of God in heaven. Strike two, book of Enoch. Book of Enoch chapter 39 verse 5, and I won't read it, well I'll read some of it. The responsibilities of angels. And as you read the book of Enoch, of Enoch you'll understand he talks a lot about angels and how wondrous they are. That throw up a red flag to Anybody? Maybe, maybe not. What does the Bible say? Do you know what you believe about angels? I hope this is being helpful today. I hope this is encouraging to you uh, to understand the responsibility. He he talks about he saw four of these creatures around the throne of God. And... and, uh, They were holy ones, and they were petitioning, and now I'm reading straight out. They were petitioning and supplicating and praying on behalf of the sons of men. Angels were petitioning God, praying to God on my behalf. Hmm. And for my righteousness. That's what these four creatures were doing. And it says, it's like water that flowed from a mountain and it goes on down through there and it flowed forever. He said, and I looked and on the four sides of the Lord of spirits, that's what he calls God in Enoch. I saw four figures different from those who were standing. And I learned their names because the angel who went with me that he's seeing this in a vision made known their names and showed me the secret things. Now I want to just stop right there. Write this verse down about secret things. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Peter is saying, know this first. Understand this first. Get this in your mind. Go take it to the bank that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Now Enoch says, this angel let me in on a big secret, and only I've got the answer. What does Peter say? No interpretation of Scripture is a private thing. Is a private, what does he go on to say? For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man. No words, God's word didn't come by the will of man, but by the will of God. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's what I've told y'all over and over and over and over. Don't rely just on me. The same Holy Spirit that reveals to me the truth of God's word will reveal it to you. If I ever stand up here and say, Oh, guys, I got something to tell you. God let me in on this secret. You better kick me out of this church. You ever see anybody on TV or on the internet that tells you, ooh, I was eating a cheeseburger and this vision came and God told me all about it? Turn your TV off. That is heresy. If it's not based on God's word, it's a lie. I'm not going to back down from that one bit. And I know some of you got a lot of favorites out there that may have said that kind of thing. Please be careful. Please be careful. There is no private interpretation of God's Word. He wants the very smallest child in the back to the oldest man in the front to understand His Word fully. And He's given His Holy Spirit to make sure that happens. He doesn't go through just private interpreters. Okay, so I stop there. It was given from God through the holy, uh, but he says it was given from God, Enoch does through the holy angels and only to him. Now he goes on to say that the first voice or the angel uh, had blessings in the Lord of spirits forever and ever. And the second voice I heard uh, blessings the chosen one and the chosen who depend on the Lord of spirits. And the third voice I heard partitioning and praying on behalf of, of those who dwell on dry ga- ground and supplicate in the name of the Lord, they're making intercession for us. Making intercession to God on my behalf. Well, that's special. I've got my own guardian angel making intercession for me, right? Hmm, let's go on. I heard driving away, uh, and in the fourth verse, he was driving away the Satans. I didn't know there was many Satans. I thought there was one. And and I'm not allowing them to come in front of the Lord of Spirits to accuse who all dwell on high ground. What does the Bible say about Satan and accusing the saints? He does it constantly. Y'all know that? He is ever in the presence of God accusing the brethren. That verse ring a bell with anybody now? So that doesn't go. Angels don't make intercession for me. Uh, He goes on down and talks about who are the four figures. And he said the first one was a holy Michael, merciful and long-suffering. I don't know about an angel being merciful and long-suffering. I think that's God. We'll keep going. And the second who is in charge of all the disease and in charge of the wounds of the sons of men is Raphael. And the third, who is in charge of all the powers of the whole, is the Holy Gabriel. So we're getting some names of angels. And the book of uh, Enoch, who is in charge of, uh, and the and the Holy Gabriel, he's also in charge of repentance. This is what the book of Enoch teaches that this angel is in charge of repentance and hope of those who will. Inherit eternal life is Phanuel. Path- uh, fan- Phanuel? And these are the four angels of the Lord Most High and the four voices that I heard in those days. People, exalting angels and putting angels on some kind of pedestal, as in, as they have, uh, they intercede for me and they're in charge of my righteousness and. They're taken away from Jesus Christ. That's nothing but but other religions that uh, the Muslims they, they don't recognize Christ as the Son of God. He was just a good prophet, or he's they're taken away from his deity. That's what the Book of Enoch is doing here. All that they mentioned about these four angels—that is the job of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. None other. None other people. Angels don't do that. Angels do not do that. That is the Lord that is our Savior's job. First Timothy two, five, for there is one God, and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Well, that blows the book of Enoch out of the water, just right there. There is no one between me and God but Jesus Christ. No angels. Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 8. We see it in, in Revelation chapter 4 and 5 where Jesus comes to open the scrolls and it was searched all over heaven, all over earth, all over. And no one was found worthy to open the scroll except Jesus Christ. Well, where's these four angels that were so holy? One of them would have been holy, I mean, after all, they were in charge of repentance and all, right? Okay. I don't mean to give the Book of Enoch such a hard time, but yes, I do. It's not scriptural. Okay, Acts four twelve. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. People, I do not have an angel that is in charge of my hope. That I will inherit in her eternal life. Faniel, or whatever his name is, has another job if he's there. That's not his job. John 4 and 5 says, teaches us about what the job of the Holy Spirit is, what Christ will do. Those are Those are scriptures you can look up and read. He'll tell you that the Holy Spirit will reveal all things. He will convict the world of sin. He will do this. He will do that. Jesus clearly lays it out, the job of the Holy Spirit, and it's not an angel. Okay? The Holy Spirit is not an angel. He is the third person of the Godhead. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is God. The third person of God. And His job is to do those things. All right, we do not worship angels. Uh, Colossians 2.18, Let no man beguile you of your ward of, in a voluntary uh, humanity and the worship of angels, intruding into those things which have not been seen, vainly puffed up by the fleshly mind. I think that's what the book of Enoch is about. I believe somebody somewhere wrote this. They want to say it was written by Enoch. There's some argument that it was written after, after the New Testament was even written. Some argue that it was written 200 years before Christ. But in either case, nobody says Enoch wrote it. (laughs) So it just doesn't go along with Scripture. Uh, Also in worshiping of angels we see in Revelation 19.10 where John is being revealed things and he bows down unto an angel to worship him. And what does the angel say? Don't you dare. Don't you dare worship me. You worship God. So the book of Enoch shows us worshiping angels. Not very scriptural. I could go on and on and on. And uh, there's one in Enoch 48, 1 through 3, that, that Jesus never had a name until God gave it to him when he came to earth. John 1, 1 is very different from that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. He's talking about Jesus Christ. He had a name from the foundations of the world. So uh, you can look at John. Uh, that's Enoch forty-eight one through three. John one uh, one through three dis- disputes that uh, Enoch fifty-one one through two. Uh, he talks about for time's sake. I won't read it, but he basically says that the dead in hell have a chance to be saved. That that they'll that the uh, was it Shiloh will return that which has been entrusted to it and that which has been received, and the destruction will return what it owes, and it will choose the righteous and holy from among them, for the day has come near when they must be saved. In other words, people will be resurrected out of hell and given another opportunity to be saved. No people. That That is Seventh-day Adventist stuff. They don't believe in, in hell. They don't believe that people will go there. That... That's what they believe. That's where they probably get some of this stuff. Revelation, you write it down, Revelation 21 through uh, 11 through 15. He talks about, I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on the throne, uh, he, he uh, the face of the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, stand before God. And the books were opened. It goes on to say, they were judged out of the book. And once they were just, they were cast into the lake of fire, which burneth forever and ever and ever. That's the truth about hell. Once you go there, there is no second chance. Once the death is pouring into men, once to die, after that, the judgment. And I'll, I'll, I'll end with this one. I thought you would enjoy this one. Did you know Noah, when he was born, had laser beams coming out of his eyes? The book of Enoch tells us he does. It's very interesting. He, anyway, he was he, he says his eyes were beautiful, and when he opened his eyes, he made the whole house bright, like the sun. And this is not he's not talking about, you know, well, this is what it seemed like to he's actually describing what happened here because he said the, the whole house was bright and and uh and when he was taken from the hand of his midwife, he opened his mouth and spoke the Lord of righteousness. And his father, Lamanek, was afraid of him." So here it is, according to the book of Enoch, that when Noah was born, he opened his eyes, and bright light shined out of him and spoke, I'm just fresh out of the womb. Yeah, I'm with Lame- Lamelech, I'm running. He was scared to death. And according to the book of Enoch, he went and asked Enoch, well, what's going on with your grandson? That's, that's just, that's silly. That's not true. That's not scripture. That's the book of Enoch. And I'll close with this Romans 16, 17 through 19. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. Avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. People, I don't know, I'm not, wasn't there when the book of Enoch was written. There's a lot of things out there that that people say are scripture and that God said that and it doesn't go along with God's word. The Bible tells me to avoid them. Now, I read the book of Enoch and a lot of it, because I feel like if you're gonna know, got to know the enemy, you're gonna defeat the enemy. You got to know them. So I would suggest you, if you're gonna read or you're gonna look into that, you better be grounded in the Word of God, because Satan can deceive and trick you into believing most anything. And I would say until you understand fully, and I don't understand fully, but have a good understanding of the Word of God. If you hear something contrary to the Word of God, just avoid it. I believe we ought to be open-minded. I believe we ought to consider things and all. as long as it goes along with the Word of God when we're studying. But I gave you that there so you know how to take a book, to take an idea, and say, Whew, that just don't seem right. Well, if it doesn't seem right, guess what? It's probably not right. The Holy Spirit within you will convict you of that. And he'll also give you God's word and give you scripture to prove that to you. That's what the job of the Holy Spirit is to do. Be careful. A little song, be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful. Know, do you know what you believe? If you were confronted with this book of any, and I asked you at the beginning, and that's not bad. Who would like to have a book of any to read it? There's several hands went up. Now I want to ask you, who would like to have a book of Ennick to read it? Huh? Be careful. Be careful what you read. Okay? Father, thank You for this day. Thank You for Your Word. We thank You for all truth. Lord, help us not to be deceived by, by things that are not of You. And Lord, there's so many things out there that Satan would want to deceive us and to trick us into believing lies. Lord, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would reveal to us all truth. Lord, I I don't want us to just be closed-minded because we all know that we don't understand all the things of you. We don't even think like you, and you are forever revealing truths to us, Lord, but we know that they're based on your word. Lord, give us peace and understanding to know the truth so we will be set free. As Jesus told us, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Father, I pray for each and every one of us here. I pray for the ones in our community that are being deceived by Satan, that you would just reveal your word to them. Lord, that you love them. You gave your son for them, that they would have eternal life. Lord, be with us as we go our separate ways and lead and guide us and be honored and glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.